This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Do you remember uh, four years ago? And I know a lot has happened since then. But rack your brain anyway. CNN's reliable sources booked our own Glenn Beck for an interview under what I would call false pretenses and then proceeded to harass him with accusations of problems within our company. If you need a refresher, here's the exact moment Glenn realized what was happening and stood up and walked off the interview on live television. It was kind of fun, a a tad glorious. Uh, And how about the lower third on the screen? What's the future of Glenn Beck's company? I know, what is the future? Well, four years later, I'm happy to report that the future turned out to be bright and profitable. And the best part, in the immortal words of Michael Scott, well, 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 how the turn tables. Yes, Brian Stelter will be departing CNN as they cancel Reliable Sources, a show that ran for 21 years before Stelter took over as the host for the final decade. Now listen, I'll leave the lowbrow mockery to others, like, for example, our own Rob Eno, who's coming up here in a few minutes. But I ask you to consider this. Reliable Sources is the longest-running show in the history of CNN. The show was able to last for 30 years, but it couldn't survive Brian Stelter. Stu does America. Poor Brian Stelter. Second time the guy's lost a show, like in a couple of months. I mean, CNN Plus, long gone. Stu Plus, still here. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. Subscribe right there. Uh, Use the promo code Stu and save 10 bucks. If you're watching this on YouTube, like this video right now. We would really appreciate it. Paul Bond is going to join us today to talk about the conservative war against woke business. Rob Eno stops by to fulfill a promise he made months ago. But we start by doing the left's inflation lies. And I will say, for all the beating that Brian Seltzer gets uh, from conservatives, I think there's a real place for a show that in theory is like reliable sources, someone who would look at the media and politicians and call them out for their lies, for what they're saying that is totally incorrect when they act poorly. It would be nice to have a show that called them out on it, not just the people on the right who do that from time to time, but also the people on the left, the people in the mainstream media. We just don't see that all that often. All we see are wonderful promises from public officials like our own Corinne Jean. Pierre, who wants you to know the president has been very, very clear. So I'll say this. The president has been very clear, you know. As you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. He's been very clear. There's going to be another pandemic. The president is doing what the president is. Your, the president is. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. These are items that the president has been very clear on. End of quote. Repeat the line. And so the president has been very clear. The president has been very clear. I was going to foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me. The president has been very clear. Like a billion, 200 million. 737,730. Very, very clear. All you got to do is look what is being played on, played the, 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 this morning. Look, the president has been very clear. But is he going to specify exactly? No, but he has. The best way to get something done 
If you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Good God. I mean, that is just depressing to watch, isn't it? Uh, look, the president's been very, very clear. Very, very, very clear. Now, uh, most of the time, he's not clear, as we know. He just, you know, mumbles and, you know, tries to get through sentences however he can. But one thing he has been very, very clear on is the Inflation Reduction Act. First of all, going to reduce inflation. But second of all, will not raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000. The president has been very, very clear about that. New report out. Inflation Reduction Act will cost middle class $20 billion in new taxes, not according to the blaze, but according to the CBO. And this is one of the problems that we have. We have a media who will not look at these things honestly and tell you these things in advance. They won't be honest about it. They knew the Inflation Reduction Act was a sham from the beginning. They knew it like you knew it. We all freaking knew it together. We all looked at this and said, wait a minute, this was called Build Back Better. They knew it was going to cost a a bunch of money. They knew it was going to make inflation worse. But because inflation is hitting from their last big plan, and now it's at the top of the news cycle, and they want to get Joe Manchin to, to vote for it, they're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act? This is embarrassing. Of course, no one's going to let them go along with that, right? Well, the media just zipped it. They zipped it and let it go through. And as soon as they got the thing passed, then they started asking questions about it. Uh, It really is amazing. Uh, One thing the Inflation Reduction Act may not do, lower inflation. How about the Washington Post? Economists say it's unlikely the Inflation Reduction Act will reduce inflation, at least anytime soon. There's a chance the legislation could eventually tamp down prices by about 0.1 percentage points in about five years, according to an analysis by the University of Pennsylvania's Penn Wharton budget model. But even then, analysts wrote that they have a low level of confidence that the legislation would have any measurable impact on inflation. Now, they wanted to get Joe Manchin to vote for this. Joe Manchin kept saying, I can't vote for all this spending because of inflation. Then they're like, well, what if we give you a lot of stuff and we make it, you know, we sweeten the pot a little bit for people that you know really well. And he said, I will vote for the Inflation Reduction Act. Just call it that. Then I can say I'm fighting inflation and, you know, uh, everybody will be really happy. Well, Manchin has now admitted that the Inflation Reduction Act won't tame inflation for Americans anytime soon. Here is uh, Joe going through that admission. When it comes to inflation, is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper? It's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them. Why would it? Why would it? Well, immediately it's not. But we never said anything happened immediately like today. It's turned the switch on and off. No, it seems like you actually did say a lot of things that would indicate that it was going to happen immediately. But of course, We're just supposed to ignore that, I guess. No one's supposed to be called out on that fact. How about John Harwood? Uh, This is from CNN talking about the name, the Inflation Reduction Act. It's not that this isn't a big bill, John. It's not that it doesn't accomplish things that have not been accomplished before or haven't been addressed in decades. It's that does it live up to its name? And you're hearing administration officials and Democrats having a hard time with that. No, it doesn't live up to its name. Let's be real. They called it the Inflation Reduction Act as a marketing device, uh, in part to uh, lock down the vote of Joe Manchin or to to, uh, reassure Joe Manchin that they were focused on his issue. It is going to have a negligible effect on inflation. Now, look, that's that's in theory 
Good commentary, good reporting. The problem with it is it happened after the bill was signed. That doesn't help anybody when you do it after the bill is signed. Do you understand the difference? It's a real problem. How about uh, ABC News? This is start here. This is the day after the bill was signed. Listen to the commentary about what this will do for inflation. Will the Inflation Reduction Act reduce inflation? (laughs) Sounds like a straightforward thing. It is, and one would think it would, given the name. But despite this new legislation's name, a lot of folks say the Inflation Reduction Act is really a misnomer because Hmm. Americans won't be seeing relief from high inflation anytime soon. If you thought this was going to mean a a lower grocery bill or, or lower prices at the gas pump, um, it, it won't happen, it, uh, certainly anytime soon. I oh. know President Biden has been touting this as, you know, bringing uh, Americans immediate relief. I think the best Americans can hope for is relief, perhaps months, but really more like years uh, down the road. Uh, and now, of course, in theory, the inflation problem should be over in years by itself, let alone an Inflation Reduction Act to do that. Uh, but do you remember when Joe Manchin said, well, no one said anything about immediate I'll give you that quote again. I know President Biden has been touting this, as you know, bringing Americans immediate relief. So why did they name it the Inflation Reduction Act? Listen. Why do they call it that then? Like, is that what's the rationale for saying this reduces any sort of inflation? I think the rationale is it's all about politics and oh. you have people heading to the polls in just a few oh. short weeks uh, for, for the midterm elections. Okay. Calling something the Inflation Reduction Act, hmm. I think, um, is... You know, the Democrats trying to be hopeful and thinking, wow, that'll be top of mind for voters when they go. They're going to think we really reduced inflation. That's after the bill signed. After the bill signed, we get it's all about politics. And when Democrats go to the polls, maybe they'll think we did something about inflation. That's after the bill was signed. Of course, people did try to ask them about whether this would uh, reduce inflation straight out. Here is uh, Representative Raskin. And what parts of the bill do you think will will quickly work on that specifically? Next question. Uh, Next question. Wouldn't that be so nice? You know, sometimes I don't want to be a liberal because uh, most of the time they're really annoying. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of issues there. But wouldn't life be so much easier if you could just like say, "Ah, you know, that was a tough one. Uh, next question. Wouldn't that be great? If you don't have to answer any of the real questions about your bills, you don't have to actually defend your positions. You could just say next question when everyone asked, asked you these questions. It would be great. Um, here is another one. Uh, Jonathan Carl. Now, Jonathan Carl asking a pretty basic question to Corinne Jean-Pierre and watch her bumble it. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act. But the Congressional Budget Act uh, Office, which is nonpartisan, said that there would be a negligible impact on inflation this year and barely impact inflation at all uh, next year. I mean, isn't it almost Orwellian? How can you call it inflation reduction oh, well. when the nonpartisan experts say it's not going to? So I appreciate that. Out? I appreciate the question. We've actually addressed this. This the, the CBO. You it was the top line number. There's more in there that shows uh, that it will have it will money have uh, from. Money. Me- remember how we're remember doing this how, too. It's mm-hmm. it's making sure that Good billionaires uh, in corporate America are paying are paying their fair share, making sure fair that it's sure. that the tax code is a little bit more fair. And so when you do that, when you when put you it that. in its totality. Totality, you will see that it will it will bring we down, do, it lower bring the deficit, will, which will help will, will fight inflation. Help. Oh, she's like, 
It's, it's, she's like, you know, you, if you're like a kid and you get the, the menu in front of you and it has a maze on it and the kid just keeps going down the wrong thing and then going to the end and like tracing their line back to go through the maze another direction because they went the wrong way. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre in every answer. She's just constantly tracing her lines back and trying to find another way to get to the pancakes at the end of the color by number uh, menu. Uh, how about uh, Jayapal? She was talking... I mean, she's so distant from claiming that it fixes inflation. She almost acts as if inflation some extraterrestrial word. It is ultimately going to lead to a reduction in overall inflation, but most importantly, to the budget that people have every single day. Inflation is like a theoretical word that economists use, but what <laughs> families feel every day is the up or down of costs. Oh, okay, so there you go. It's a theoretical word. All of this is happening, I mean, almost everything that we played here happened after the bill was passed or after it had already gone through the real debate on the bill. And that's the problem, right? The pressure that the American people could bring on lawmakers to not pass a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act that they all know does not reduce inflation. Well, when that period's done and then the mainstream media comes along, then they come along with their tough questions, then they come along with the truth, it doesn't help anybody. This stuff needs to happen beforehand. And you know what? With every conservative bill, man, it always does, doesn't it? When conservatives try to pass bills, every little complaint, every little nook and cranny of those bills gets poured over. And every little tiny issue is exploited to its fullest. Think of what they're doing with with the overturning of uh, Roe versus Wade. You've heard about like individual people. And there are sob stories about what's going on with the, the abortion they had to drive 45 minutes to get. Every single one of them is a big national news story. Individual people. Not, a, not, a, not how many lives have been saved, how many babies have been born. You don't hear that. You just hear about everything that makes people look at the right in a negative light. Look, the bottom line here is that we should be able to have a media that does this job by itself. We shouldn't. I mean, look, I like the fact that the blaze is here. I work here. uh, I need a job. I got to do something. I mean, it's going to be pretty much this or competitive eating. So I might as well uh, stick with the gig. But but like we shouldn't live in a society where the blaze is needed. In reality, if the media actually did their job, you wouldn't need alternative media like the blaze. You wouldn't need it because we'd have it that job being done already in the mainstream media. But that's just dead now. So we have to do something here. In theory, a Brian Stelter type show hosted by somebody who actually looked at this stuff honestly and didn't get broken by Donald Trump and driven off the left uh, lane uh, of the road would be really valuable. Until we have something like that, though, we're going to have to keep fighting every single day to try to bring you the truth. We'll do it. We'll do it from a conservative perspective, one that we admit fully and are proud of. Uh, But there has to be somebody out there who's just looking at the truth and trying to push back. Because right now, the left has the media, they have every newspaper, they have seemingly the heads of every company. All this stuff is going on and there has to be a way to push back. In a minute, we're gonna talk to Paul Bond from Newsweek, who's looked at this issue and seen that Republicans and people on the right have decided to try to turn the tables and push back on especially a lot of these woke companies to make a difference. Is there a difference being made? We'll get to that next.
You probably look at me and you say, there's a guy who probably owns a pretty sweet axe. Yep, can go back out, back out in the, uh, you know, the, the, the forest, chop down a tree or two just to do it, you know, because uh, I, I'm an outdoorsman. You know, that's me. It's not me, but I do have a really cool axe, and I got it from Bespoke Post. Uh, Bespoke Post and the Box of Awesome, they've got a Box of Awesome collection for you, no matter what kind of person that you are. If you love the outdoors, if you love camping, if you love travel, if you love the beach, Box of Awesome has everything that you need for the summer and beyond. To get started, you can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. This is a great gift, too. If you don't know what to get somebody... Just go to boxofawesome.com, hook them up with a great box. Uh, they release new ones every month across a ton of different categories. They're valued at basically like 70 bucks, but you only pay a fraction of that price. And every single one I've ever seen in my life is worth way more than $70. Uh, it's free to sign up. You can skip, skip a month, cancel anytime. They make it really easy to customize the plan. And you can get 20% off your first monthly box right now when you go to boxofawesome.com and enter the code STU at checkout. Boxofawesome.com, code is STU. Get 20% off your first box boxofawesome.com code is stew this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify pos has everything you need to sell in person go to shopify.com system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm happy to welcome Paul Bond to the program. He's chief correspondent for Newsweek, and his new piece is As Woke Businesses Face Right-Wing Wrath, Culture War Capitalists Cash In. uh, I'll tweet out a link to it here right after this. Uh, Paul Bond, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really great piece. I mean, you're covering this as a journalist. You're looking at at just this kind of change in the way maybe conservatives are looking at uh, the the this, the business sphere here and and trying to fight back in this culture war. And you kind of highlight a few different approaches. I want to start with the, the Jeremy's Razors example. We've talked to Jeremy Boring <laughs> here on the program. I mean, his ads are really entertaining, but this is this this is an approach we haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're a media company, a conservative media company, and now they've launched into selling razor blades. Um, and it's because Harry's Razors used to be an advertiser, and advertisers come and go, but uh, they took obsec- obsession. They took exception when Harry's left because they kind of kicked them on the way out. They said, "Well, you think boys are boys and girls are girls, and so uh, you know you're wrong." And you're transphobic, and so we're not going to advertise on you anymore. So uh, Jeremy, the CEO of the company, uh, he simply launched his own brand of razors called Jeremy's Razors. And uh, like you said, if you look at the seven-minute commercial online, it's uh, it's very clickable. It, it is like catnip to conservatives. It's very funny, and it was watched like 21 million times in a few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, you, you look at that and they did a really good job with that campaign. It, a razor company, though, is one thing. And we've had, you know, I work at a conservative media company. I work with Glenn Beck. So we've had plenty of people uh, who have told us they don't want to advertise because Glenn yes. is super duper evil. Um, and it's been frustrating because, like, part of a, a relationship between a media company and a, and a sponsor like that is it is a it's a partnership, right? Like we're trying to help this brand grow, and they're obviously. Uh, 
helping to fund the company. And it, it, you feel betrayed when a company like comes on, you help them build this customer base of your listeners, and then on the way out, they stab you in the back. Yeah, and that was Jeremy's point exactly. But, uh, you know, that is just one front in the war. Uh, you know, conservatives are creating their own companies to appeal to conservatives. You know, there's Patriot Mobile, there's Black Rifle Coffee, that, that kind of thing. But there's also uh, a lot of other things going on behind the scenes where, where the right is trying to fight back. So, uh, you know, Jeremy's Razors was just <laughs> one small example of yeah. many examples. Yes, it had the most models in the commercial uh, out of all the pieces that you covered. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you had another angle here, and you, I want to go through all of these, but you, you talk about the sort of activist shareholder revolt right. that is going on. And this has been really, for as long as I can remember, the purview exclusively of the left to go to like an oil company and say, hey, how come you're ruining the environment? We've seen this happen in many times from left-wing causes, but now it's happening on the right as well. Yes, it's happening on the right. There's something called the Free Enterprise Project, where they buy shares to get themselves into the shareholders' meetings. And then they ask questions of the CEO and the board members that are pretty inconvenient. <laughs> and, and I remember the first time uh, I ran across this was like 15 years ago, um, where a General Electric was having a share shareholders meeting and this was at the time when they owned nbc and person after person stepped up to the microphone and said and, and complained about msnbc's treatment of the tea party at the time and mm. saying uh you know how can you call yourself a legitimate news company when that's all you do is bash conservatives and promote democrats crats? and uh, that was the first time i ran into it and uh you know all hell broke loose when i reported that story uh the, the man in, man in charge at the time jeff zucker charge of NBC at the time. At the time, tried to get me fired for reporting it. Wow. He, of course, went on to run CNN and has since left CNN when he was revealed he was having an affair with one of his workers. But um, that's the first time I ran into it. And they've really stepped up their efforts since then. You know, he, he um, one of the guys from the uh, Free Enterprise Project, you know, asked asked the, pres the CEO Bank of America recently, for example. Uh, the Bank of America spoke out against the Georgia voting law that says you have to have ID to vote. And, uh, he, you know, he stepped up to the microphone and said, uh, why is it racist to ask someone to produce ID to vote. And, the you know, the CEO really didn't have an answer. And he kind of said, well, you know, uh, maybe we need a bipartisan commission to figure out when we should wade into politics. And so that was kind of a victory for them. But uh, they do this uh, time after time after time. Every shareholder meeting of a what they perceive as a woke company they will they will be there and they will ask these sorts of questions. Do you get do you have any sense as to if there's an effect of that type of thing on corporate leadership? Do they look at this and, and are they as uncomfortable as they look on stage afterward? Or is this just a, a tough soundbite and a bad YouTube clip for them? Yeah, um, one guy told me uh, one guy told me when he asked one of so, one one question of Disney of the Disney CEO uh, back in the day, uh, Bob Iger, when he asked one of these inconvenient questions, you know, he walked by Mr. Iger at the end and Mr. Iger called him a <laughs> called him a name that I won't repeat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they do take notice. I don't know if it, it shows uh, if it shows up, uh, you know, in the boardroom or if it shows up with their policies, uh, but they do. Do take notice, 
And a lot of these companies, uh, they, they do have second thoughts. You know, when they wade into politics, it's, it's you know, 90% of it is all leftist politics. When they wade into politics, um, it, it feels good because the left praises them, the left stops attacking them, and, uh, but they really don't get a whole lot of new customers from it. Um, you know, there are, there are studies that show um, you can lose customers over a political stand, but you probably won't gain customers over a political stand. What you will gain is all these noisy people will stop picking on you. Um, you mm. know, Disney ran into a buzzsaw when they waded into Florida politics. They probably didn't get any more customers customers out of that. They're probably not going to show more revenue because they did exactly as the left asked them to do and stand up against this don't say gay law, as they called it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not going to show up on the bottom line. So, um, you know, companies might want to consider just staying out of politics. Yeah, I, I mean, because that's really, I feel like it's funny that we're like, you know, we've, we've always heard this like this, you know, uh, trope of the evil capitalist company that all they care about is money. And it's like, I kind of want to, I would love to go to that. I would love that, honestly. I would love a company that just, you know, look, wants to give me the best product, so I keep coming back to their establishment. You know, I think you're, I, I, I mean, isn't there, you've been covering this for a long time, is there, is there some sort of like lack of responsibility to the shareholders when they're making decisions that might lower a little bit of, of PR flack that they might receive from the left, but actually winds up hurting their bottom line? Because as you mentioned, I don't think they got anybody new going to Disney over what they did, but I do know a lot of people who will refuse to ever go back to Disneyland since they started doing this stuff. Yeah, and... Um well, one of the things that I also discuss in the article is uh, this exchange-traded fund, hmm. where they know that a lot of investors don't want to invest in these woke companies. So it's called the American Conservative Values Fund. And what they do is they invest in the S&P 500, but then, but then they poll their 5,000 shareholders, who are all conservatives, and say, which of these companies are so woke you don't want to invest in them? And they came up with this list that they shared with uh, us at Newsweek. And uh, Walt Disney is uh, the number one woke company on the S&P 500. So they won't invest in Walt Disney. And there's a whole list of other companies, uh, Meta Platforms, which is the parent of Facebook, Alphabet, which is the parent of Google. Uh, these are considered considered some of the most woke companies in America. And so this exchange-traded fund won't invest in them. And um, actually, they've done better than the S&P 500 of late because, uh, you know, Disney, Facebook, Google, all these shares are <laughs> plummeting yeah. in the last 18 months, and they weren't invested in them. So they've actually outperformed the S&P 500 by a little bit. Oh. And um, there's also um, an asset management company called Strive yeah. that just was just created. Um, yesterday is Peter Thiel, you know, the, the, the billionaire, mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't say he's conservative, probably libertarian, but, um, he's one of the major investors and they seek to do the opposite of what most money managers do. Most money managers nowadays, the biggest ones encourage the CEOs, take a stand, um, take a stand on social justice, take a stand on transphobia, take a stand on, you know, whatever the leftist idea of the day is take a stand and this um, new one backed by peter thiel is saying uh no just the opposite they buy shares of companies and they say hey 
stay out of politics. They they tell their the board members of the companies they're invested in to uh, you know mind your business, mm. <laughs> mind your business, and not mind your political feelings. And in fact, uh, Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, has a bill called the Mind Your Business uh, Law business act or something where he's trying to say companies uh you're going to be responsible if you start uh wading into politics at the expense of your shareholders uh they're going to hold you responsible and uh, so he's trying to pass that i know florida was also ron DeSantis, the governor of florida is also trying to pass a uh, a local bill um that uh said um uh if you're a business uh you need to focus on your shareholders and making profits not on being political and I know that stalled. I think a judge put the kibosh on that just today, in fact. Mm. It's really interesting. I will say, you know, reading through your piece is a great piece. It's really thorough. And, you know, it's written straight it's straight news piece. I mean, you're just covering everything that's going on. But it, it honestly gave me a lot of ideas of organizations I would like to follow and, and, and see what they're doing. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure that wasn't your intent, but I was. it was very, very informative. It's a must-read piece for you if you haven't read it yet. Uh, it's called As Woke Businesses Face, Face Right-Wing Wrath, Culture War Capitalists Cash In. The author is Paul Bond from Newsweek. Paul, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really interesting piece, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, the Trump Mar-a-Lago thing continues to develop. I don't know. There's not that much to tell you today. The, the judge has now asked them to try to find pieces of the affidavit to unseal so that people could see something, recognizing this is kind of a weird sort of state of affairs. But at this point, it's going to be at least a week before we even know which sections the DOJ wants can say they can release. They're trying to say now they can't release any of it. Uh, back and forth, back and forth we go. This is the most frustrating story because we really just don't know what's going on. You know, I mean, other than the fact that I think the way it was handled was terrible, we just don't know the inner working. So we'll have more information as that develops. Uh, Joe Biden called Liz Cheney after her loss to Trump-backed challenger. Now, I'm just throwing this out there right now. We all know Kamala sucks. Veepthoughts.com. What about a Biden Cheney 2024? Could you see it? Could you? Could you see it? Could you see the, the Democrats dumping Kamala Harris for a white woman? Wouldn't that be funny? Oh, that would be a joy to watch everything collapse. That would be an interesting one. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be kind of funny. Um, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, we've talked about him a decent amount here. He has a so he, he did all this stuff. He sat out an entire year because of all these accusations from women, 24 women. Since then, he's settled 23 of the 24. Uh, with, he settled, uh, you know, paid them off, basically, uh, 23 of the 24. Then he got signed, traded to Cleveland and signed to a 240, $230, 240000000 million contract, fully guaranteed contract, which has never happened in the history of the NFL. And then the arbiter of the uh, case that the NFL chose said he should get a six-game suspension. The NFL came back and said, well, we want him to have a full year suspension. We think that's appropriate. Uh, Now they have come to a solution here. Deshaun Watson will be suspended 11 games 
fined $5 million after the settlement between the NFL and the NFLPA. Now, this is an interesting one because he will lose 11 games of salary, but his salary this year was only about a million dollars. So very tiny chunk of this contract comes in this first year. Uh, that's kind of how Cleveland manages their salary cap anyway, but also very convenient for them to not have to uh, deal with that. But, like, can we just boil this down for a second here? If Deshaun Watson was fondling women getting massages, he should never play again, right? If he's committing crimes, he should never play again. If he didn't fondle women and force them to have sex with him, then his suspension should be zero games. The in-between makes no sense. And you might say, well, they're not in the NFL, can't do investigations. How are they going to know which one is which? Right! Let the police do the investigation. If they say, and they, in this case they did, if they decided not to charge him, then you need to just let him play. To, to have him be suspended for 11 games makes no sense. He either did the stuff or he didn't. In Texas, it's still really freaking hot. I don't know about where you guys are, but right around the corner is fall. Get ready for the cooler months. Get ready for midterms. Get ready for all the annoying people on the left during the midterm elections. And get your limited edition socks from The Blaze. They're comfortable. They're fun to show off to your conservative friends. And they're sure to irritate those liberal haters you might wish you didn't even know. There's only one catch. Just like Joe Biden's grip on reality, these socks are available for only a limited time. They're going to be gone by August 22nd, which is only a few days from now. So kick leftism where it hurts while wearing uh, a blaze sock around that kicking foot. Yes, Glenn Beck is on one of these. You're going to love that one. So many more. Ron DeSantis is on some. There's some Trump stuff as well. BlazeSocks.com. Get them before, you're gone, before they are gone. Uh, if you're a Blaze subscriber, use the code BlazeSub. You'll get 20% off your purchase. Uh, BlazeSub is the code for Blaze subscribers at BlazeSocks.com. BlazeSocks.com. Many shows make promises, but very few deliver. This one is it's one of those days that we're going to deliver for you. We made a promise to you long ago that if an event happened to actually occur, our friend Rob Eno would return to set the media critic for The Blaze and celebrate. And that day has come. Rob, how are you? Hey, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm sorry that this is like a quarter full. We've been drinking. This is like the fourth yeah. bottle. We've been drinking it out in the newsroom right. and the other area. <laughs> We've been playing Ode to Joy nonstop. So, so before we go, I, I was on the show oh, mm-hmm. right after Chris Lick, the new... Uh, CEO of CNN was said to be hired. Yeah. Um, and I had a bottle because I thought maybe, you know, Stelter would be gone that day. Mm-hmm. But I've been keeping it with me ever since. Mm-hmm. And today's the day. There you go. Uh, you're, you, you can have the Chris Cuomo is worse cup. Yes. Uh, Available at stewdoesmerch.com. Thank you very much. Code is Stu10, by the way, if you'd like to save 10%. And I have the Stu Plus mug, which, by the way, Stu Plus, still in business. CNN Plus, not so much. Stu Plus in business, Tater Minus not. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Hmm. And it's amazing how much I get to drink on the show. Oh, it's, it's great. It's a little too, too often, probably. It's fantastic. Um, CNN making a move, which is interesting, because I will say, in that conversation you discussed, the premise of that conversation was, if they were going to be serious about changing the direction, this is one of the things they would do. Should we look at this as a good sign? Absolutely. I think that this is them, they get rid of Tubin, Tootin' Tubin, yep. um, last week. Yeah, he uh, kind of said it was... 
Uh, it was no, my no, choice. No, no. I, 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 Brian, Brian was like, well, you know, I would have stayed at CNN, but the show got canceled. So, you know, I could have, like, like, he made it seem like <laughs> right. he chose to leave the network mm-hmm. after, you know, they just, they, you know, shows get canceled after 30 plus years. That he retweeted, the he retre- retweeted the um, reliable sources thing from earlier this year, because if you remember, reliable sources wasn't Brian Stelter's show. He right. took it over. Mm-hmm. So he retweeted the 30 plus year. Um, you know, tweet that they did earlier in the year. So he's making it look like, well, you know, it, it, it wasn't, I, I, I could have stayed. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, he got fired. He, he, I mean, let, let's be, yeah. you know, that's what they do is they let people say that they're leaving on their own accord all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he got fired. I mean, there's a few left. Um, I think uh, Jim Acosta, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and then who's the, I, I, can, I can't remember his name, and I should have remembered his name, um, Shudo, Jim Shudo. Oh, okay. Used to be the, um, he was in foreign policy for the mm-hmm. Obama administration. He just came on and was like a <laughs> complete apologist for the Obama administration yeah, yeah. during his entire tenure. Yes. Um, at CNN, you know, that would be a good one to get rid of. But I really do think um, that they're looking to get rid of him. It's you know, interesting. I, I mean, that's uh, a good change. I, as yeah. I've said before, like, I can see a role for a well-run CNN in our society. It would be nice if we had a network that, even if it came to us from a slightly liberal bent, someone who actually just cared about covering the news. Um, I'm not saying that's where CNN is now by any means, but at least maybe they're taking baby steps in that direction here? Yeah, I absolutely think they are. I mean, they they took, do you remember they had breaking news on every story? I mean, you know, it could have been, you know, breaking news, Patriots win 2001 Super Bowl (laughs) would still be on the... (laughs) Yes. Would still be on their their Chiron. They challenged. Um, they also challenged the the Obama or the Biden administration's um, inflation narrative this week. One of the anchors on a primetime show mm-hmm. was like, "Come on, yeah." So they're starting to do things that they they never did. Let, you know, let's talk about Stelter here for a second and his future because. One of the things about Stelter, which is, I think, difficult for for his future, his future career in television, at least, is like you have someone like, let's say, Joy Reid. Right. Joy Reid, absolutely despised by the right, but loved by the left because she says lots of insane left wing things. Brian Stelter is absolutely despised by so many conservative people that I know, but he does not have passion for him on the left. He he doesn't he's not like an ideological guy per se. He just covers he he presents himself as a journalist, but is always on the left side of things. But I don't think there's a lot of love for Brian Stelter on the left. So where does he go? I, I don't know. I mean, does, I don't think he goes to MSNBC. I think yeah. he, I think he continues the podcast. He has a podcast. Mm-hmm. I can see CNN giving him the podcast stream, because that happens a lot. If somebody, you know, moves their podcast somewhere else, sure. they get to keep the stream. So I could see him keeping the podcast stream. I could see him making a deal as part of the severance package to buy the Reliable Sources newsletter list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see him, you know, at like caterstelter.substack.com <laughs> right, right. or something yeah, like yeah. that, which is hilarious <laughs> because he's always he's made fun. Of sub, not made fun of Substack, but he's like, I can't believe they let anybody publish there. And, you know, right. there's no editorial controls and it's bad for democracy that, you know, people can actually speak their mind. I, um, I can see that. I, I could see him getting a gig at a 
uh, uh, going back to the, the newspaper side of things, right? Yeah. You go back. He was at the New York Times before he Correct. came to CNN. He never was a television host. I mean, that was never supposed to be what he was. He kind of right. stumbled into this and held it for you know several years, which is, I guess, impressive. But probably I could see him going back to you know, the Washington Post media correspondent type of situation. Yeah, something like that. Maybe he goes to Hollywood and continues. Like he, his books get made into scripts now. Yeah. That morning news thing on a Apple is him. Yeah, he was so, a you consultant. Know, when you that, get yeah. a show like that, sometimes you don't have to work anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you're getting a ton of income from that. So I, I, I really think he's going to try and go the independent route um, mm. that you see a lot of people go um, and be able to spend more time with his family. But I mean, he's known this is coming. He's had to have known that this was coming mm-hmm. unless he's completely and utterly, you know, that out of the loop right. with reality. Right. I mean, we know he's out of the loop with reality, so you would think that he's been putting things into places. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't know if the Reliable Sources newsletter keeps going, right? Because Oliver Darcy, who used to work here at The Blaze, that yeah. works with Brian Stelter, um, he co-writes it, and he writes it a lot of nights, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that continues. If it doesn't, like I said, I could see him buying it um, or it being part of the severance package because sure. there's obviously going to be a severance package Mm. Um, some golden parachute. We, we also have some openings here at uh, Mercury Radio Arts for a um, content producer for Glenn Beck on oh, really? com. Yeah. So he could well, apply for that. They know each other. Yeah, it's on Indeed. Right. You know, he could... He could. I, that was one of the things that honestly hit me. I'm just like remembering... Because I will say, like, and I've said this about Brian before, like he... He wasn't always like this. Like he was once Trump came in, he really took a a strong leftward uh, run and he was never a conservative. But like he wrote some actual good pieces about Glenn back in the day. It really did seem to change. And he was, you know, Glenn famously walked off an interview with him. But the topic there was how bad the blaze business was. And uh, now we're seeing the blaze is thriving. And that was the topic. The topic that got Glenn on the show was because this is when Glenn wrote the book um, about bringing both sides together and trying to. Yeah. yeah. So it was talking about that. And Brian Stelter was like, hey, I saw in the news that you're basically becoming bankrupt. And how's that going on for you? Yeah. Yeah. And he tried that. And And as of Monday, we'll be D plus one. (laughs) Blaze Media will be D plus one longer Mm -hmm. than Brian Stelter's career. Uh, Amazing. Let me quickly hit before we go um, the Jeffrey Tubin stuff. Tubin, I think, is this is fascinating because, look, you, no one wants to be in the position that Jeffrey Tubin was in. Right. No one should be in that position because you shouldn't do what he did. But let's say that you go through what Jeffrey Tubin went through. I feel like there's two directions to go. Number one, you go away and disappear forever, right? Or number two, you fight like hell and somehow try to push yourself back on the air. He goes that direction, and then two year a year later, he's gone. Right. I mean. It would make no sense to do that unless you're getting fired. He's claiming that he's just walking away. Right. He's got to go work on his book about Oklahoma City. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. He's just got fired, too? Yeah, I, I think so. It's got to be, right? I mean, you know, how he got let back on. Incredible. I mean, that, that he got let back on the air, I think, right before the merger with Discovery, mm-hmm. the merger with Time Warner and Discovery. Not Time Warner. Um, AT&T's sure. properties, mm-hmm. Warner Media, and... Um, and Discovery, I think they let Tubin back on the air right then. And I'm sure that the Discovery folks were not that happy with it. There were a lot of things like CNN Plus, which mm-hmm. Stu Plus has lasted 90 more days than I think at this <laughs> yeah. point in time. Might be 94. Um, you know, I, it's just it's insane. It's absolutely insane to think that he thought he could come back. All right. So that. scale from one to 10, 10 being 
CNN is going in the perfect direction is going to be a really reliable news source. One being they're going to stay basically like they are. What do you how, how do you rate this transition so far? Based on what I've seen, I'll give them a seven. Seven. I'll give really, them a seven. That's, that's I think they're actually moving that way. And I think this was a big part of it. I mean, I think Don Lemon's probably on the chopping block mm. because he said that he won't toe the line. Mm-hmm. He's a big one. Yeah, he, a, and that that would one. be a big head to get rid of. Um, I know like the Ashley Banfields and those folks in the morning have been told to be less political. Yep. I think some of them are doing that. Um, I, I could see them, you know, there, there's vast talent at local TV stations across this nation um, on morning shows and things like that. Yeah. They would love to have those gigs and read straight news. And I think that you're going to see I think you're going to see that happen. It, it's it's um it's interesting. And I think the main reason is because one of the board members is a strong libertarian. Yeah. At Discovery Media, mm-hmm. and this has become his pet project because uh, uh, the nation needs it. it does, the nation yeah, it needs does. straight news. It does. It does. I mean, they need the blaze too. You know, right. like we're, we're, we're come from a conservative perspective. We need people who are coming from the middle of the road too to kind of like look at both sides. We yeah. don't always catch everything right. We right. try to, but we don't always do it. And, and we don't lie about it. You yeah. know what you're yeah, getting. You know what you're getting media. with us. Right. That's true. Uh, Rob, you know, be sure to follow him on social media. Check out all of his stuff. Rob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for hey, congratulations. Up. Excellent. It's good. <laughs> Please make sure to follow the show, rate and review. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. You can watch the show on YouTube every single day. We love that. Uh, and uh, you can always click like, like if you're watching on YouTube right now. Click like and drop a comment below. The algorithm robots will love you. There's algorithmic engagement comments all over the place. And that helps support the show. And a great way to support the show as well, stewdoesmerch.com. You can get the Stew Plus mugs. That's right, celebrating our streaming network that still exists instead of CNN Plus. Stewdoesmerch.com.